We're live. Yeah, baby. Just going. Okay. What's up, guys? John Fentez, Cutter Nation podcast number 73. But first, please help us out. The show is growing. It's exciting. Uh, we're following the numbers. We're getting more and more listeners, more and more shares. So thank you to everybody that has been doing that. Also, you can check out the website, CutterNation.net. You have the apparel. You can get our hats. We're shipping them out. We've got gear. We've got awesome shirts. These things feel amazing. They're probably the best things to throw in. I tell everybody that all the time. It's my number one undershirt. Um, wouldn't mess with anything else. But without further ado, Michael, I'm not even going to try your last name. We're just going to go Michael. What's up, Mike? <laughs> I'm doing well. Where's my hat? Although I'm not a hat wearing guy, but like now I'm yeah, feeling, well, I'm feeling hey, left out. I can I can join you. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, maybe right, um, here, I'll introduce Michael a little bit more formally. So um, Michael is uh, a former coach of mine and I'll, I'll call him like a lifelong coach of mine because um, he was somebody that I went to. Um, he taught me kind of the fundamentals of Olympic lifting. Um, but then also, you know, I was very transparent with him right away. Like, I want to be coached by you and I want to like pick your brain of how you coach. And, and that was a fun conversation. So we had some you know, behind the scenes, we talked a little business. I remember talking social media at a coffee shop at one point. But yeah. anyway, um, so in my opinion, um, one of the best guys in the Twin Cities, if not the Midwest. Um, mm -hmm. And it, just like coming from a different background, Michael is a musician turned um, movement freak. And I use that affectionately because I know that that's very accurate. And a lot of people have heard us talk about ourselves as like baseball psychos and Anyway, um, so Michael runs a place called MSP Fitness. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing now? And if we let's go backwards. We just 2020 MSP Fitness go backwards. Here you go. Yeah, do we like start from today and work backwards, or, start, or give what, it back? I don't know. To get to I today? don't know. Yeah, whatever. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, words, like say words back. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think it's I do think it's interesting though because my path to movement is is a little different. I mean, everyone's got a different path, but in the end, you know, I mean, I was a full time professional drummer and musician to start out. That led into, and people have always asked, like, well, how did you get into, you know, fitness? And and I actually sort of reframe the question in the sense that it was very early on in my early 20s that I found teaching, music education at that point. And really teaching is the theme for my, the last 30 years of my life. I mean, different mediums. I mean, hell, I taught motorcycle safety through the state of Minnesota. I mean, but the idea is I, I, I have built a career and, and a, a profession of listening, observing and identifying and connecting with humans and watching and, and seeing things and, you know, listening and understanding the, the psychology of a human being and movement and put all that together. And whether it was music, I mean, drumming is obviously in music, it's a very formal and the application of drumming, a very physical instrument. So there's movement there, so, but that just sort of kept moving along until eventually, you know, a fitness become, that was sort of a personal passion became sort of a, hey, I kind of, that's more, and then I'm going to start following some smart people and some smarter people than me. And then that kind of got to like, gosh, I really enjoy this to like watching people move me like, you know, I might have an idea for you, but like, well, who the hell am I? Or who's going to listen to me? And then that just fed it into eventually apprenticing other people and following some brilliant, you know, master coaches that I've had the joy of working with over the years, a couple of decades. And then eventually, and I always say this truly, thanks to my wife, she is the absolute Number one reason why I had the guts and the support to open my business a little over 11 years ago, which is insane, uh, 2009, and here I am now, 2020, and 
11 years later in MSP fitness, um, you know, is what it is. And I, I do consider myself a coach. I like that word because I feel like that's really important because it's a much more holistic encompassing relationship rather than like trainer, you know, personal trainer, stuff like that. Like I'm a coach. Like we, it's the full 360 degree comprehensive relationship of movement and person that, that I love to connect with. That's when I'm the most fulfilled. It's wow. funny because one of the first things John um, talked about when I was around him was how he doesn't want to be called a coach. Um, but it's, 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 it's the same thing you're talking about, right? Making sure that you yeah. people are um, accurately identifying what this relationship is supposed to be. And um, the general, you know, in our world, it's, it tends to be the coach is a little bit too stuffy, my way or the highway. And we want to be that kind of like counterculture. So just ironic, but same, same concept behind that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm just going to go in this because I, I like, I like going in the music side and, and I want to be able to maybe pull some things out of that because it's, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a music guy and but I'll, at the same time, I've kind of been a jock my whole life. And so it's like the, but the patterns. And so the thing that John's been really interested with me saying is, um, kind of what I've been going through just in life has really brought me close to music in the last six months. And the, like Jordan Peterson has kicked off this idea um, that, well, first off, the idea that he brought to my mind is nobody's sitting around arguing about music. Like nobody's like, yeah, we should or should not have music. It's like, yeah, this is universally oh. accepted that this is important. Nobody's doubting that this is, is important. And that's so interesting. Um, and so I, I also have like, I've, I've played my trumpet more than I ever have in a long time. I played my guitar a lot. I've been singing more. Um, and it's with the realization that um, you just, you don't know how, you don't have to play the right notes. And I was always in jazz. And, and so I always felt the need to like know how to be cheeky with it. Um, but I haven't just like gotten to learn to connect the whole entire thing to who I am, right? So simply just playing like almost thoughtlessly, there's something like really intense to that. So anyway, that's been my experience. But what I've been sharing with John is this. To understand music theory from the outside, I think it's simply that somebody who understands music theory can go, oh, this is going along and I'm anticipating that this person is going to be cheeky right here. And ah, there they were. And so they, you just know the roadmaps, what they're supposed to look like, and when somebody deviates from that. And so the reason why somebody can't listen to jazz is because it's all cheeky. Like it's all like in, mm. it's, it's almost obnoxious, right? On purpose. <clears throat> anyway, um, so I'm just talking about like this, this rhythm, 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 this here we go, here we go. And then it has to be something different. That's what makes like music interesting is that the predictability of it. And then the, oh, look at what you did there. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And that we don't yeah. even have to say anything that we can do it with, um, yeah, just noise. <laughs> I don't necessarily well, know the parallel that I've been using that with, but go ahead. Well, no, you know, so here's a, so in, in the music education side of things, and I, I, I got pretty deep into that. I taught college for eight years, high school for three. Um, in a parallel universe, the high school job that I had, I literally could have retired in that job. I got laid off because of 9-11 back in the day, and my district got thrown up with a whole bunch of, um, I think it was a $16 million deficit, and everybody was freaked out, so nobody wanted to, you know, they voted down the deficit, so of course all the new teachers get canned. Um, but all along in music, they always talk about, 
and this is uh, this will parallel back. This is how I converse, so just bear with me. You're awesome. We go, we, we go over here, and then we come back to the center. Um, there's always, to your point, but maybe a little bit of a contrary perspective, there's always a, seems like a justification for the purpose of music. Like, how many times have we seen articles where, like, music makes you smarter? Like, people who do, do music, like, do better in the SATs. And it's like, I've always argued or been frustrated with that because like, I, while I understand that mindset, it's like, wait a minute, like we don't, I don't need another validation to give me reason and justification for why creating music and, and, and being a part of building and, do, and participating in music has merit, has merit on its own. And, and I would parallel this to sometimes to the realm of fitness. We're, let's see if we can connect these dots where I think the danger sometimes in fitness is we're so outcome specific. It's always like, what are your goals? Like, let's get you, oh, you want that one pull up. Oh, okay, we'll get you to, and then like, it's always these little like, you know, or it's the 12 week this class or it's the six month that class. And like, what? If, why don't we just talk about the value and the purpose of learning how our body works? It doesn't have to just mechanically, just individually. Like, how does it work? Like, what are some good things that we can do that help us make us more resilient human beings? Let's connect our mind to our body so we can like understand and, and enjoy those things. And why isn't that just valid on its own? I, and I think part of it is that people, if you really start digging into, and this is, you know, could be a little dangerous because it's probably admitting that a lot of people are, are participating in fitness, maybe for the wrong reasons. Um, but I like to look at it like, this is just part of why you do what you do. I mean, movement is life good doesn't you know, heavy deadlifts that's a different conversation but learning how to pick shit up like that's not that's not fitness that's life learning how to squat down and grab something you know being able to have the ability to raise your arm overhead like this i'm not i'm not talking heavy clean and jerks i'm talking about fucking grabbing something from your counter and putting it in a you know when we're 80. like that's to like i think i don't know does that make any sense or am i just talking to myself no I, I, yeah <laughs> and I'm sitting here going like, and then it's, and, and then the music thing is that it's the instrument and that like, what I have realized is that it's actually the the way that I'm communicating with the, the instrument and that's all that matters. And mm -hmm. then if somebody wants to like pay attention to that, that's cool, but who cares? Because right. everybody's in their different spot. And so like music, it's so challenging because it's like, you can't do that without people noticing, like go play your trumpet without people noticing. Like you literally have to go out of your way to make that uh, happen in most people's situation. And, and, and for, for fitness, I feel like there's so many unhealthy relationships with the, the instruments oh, that we man. have. Right. And it's like, you know, it's this, you know, Taylor brought it up um, Gish it, earlier this week. It's just like, I'm using barbells because it fits. It's like the best solution for my environment and my situation right now. But we all know that those kids are using kettlebells and other implements in their training as well. Um, but like just having that perspective, you know, that's where I sit and go back and forth between music because you can't play music. You can't be a musician without coming to these realizations. You don't get very far, right? Mm -hmm. um, and where, but the stakes are so much higher in that, right? You can't go that far in music. Like you can continue to have sports throughout your life. You don't see a lot of people like casually play I mean, I'm I'm one of the only people that I know that played music casually in college. It's just not mm. common. Do you know what I mean? I just happened to be in a situation where, you know, I was at a place that music was not important at that university, and that's okay. But anyway, uh, these are the, yeah. the the things that I go back and forth on, and just like learning how to practice music 
um, how 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 similar that is. The patience that you need, how you have to slow things down and then like speed things up. Like if you could play a song twice as fast, the value of that, right? And that's where it's like, oh, if you can throw the ball twice as fast by throwing something lighter than what we normally throw, like it's just all mm -hmm. of these things go back and forth. So anyway, I don't know. Well, and I, 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 go. I was gonna say, and they're, they're, well, now you're if you start going down the rabbit hole of like educating and or teaching within the within the context of medium of music, there's tons of parallels in. But now I think we're just talking about teach good teaching principles. Um, yeah. You know, be, you know, a classic music term is whole part whole. Where you know, if you think about a piece of music, you know, you want to as a, like a painting. I can't remember. Is it Monet? Who's the 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 you know brilliant artist that does the like it's little points of it's like little dots yeah. of, that create yeah so same thing in music i mean you you need you, while you can get myopic and talk about one thing and this can think about this as a parallel in, in fitness like or a movement or a complex movement you can get down to the fucking minutia but if you don't see the whole thing like forget about it like you're never going to be able to apply so being able to in a musical environment you know hear the whole fine tune the part take it back to the whole think of a complex movement you talked about olympic lifting is a great example it's like a clean yes. or a jerk or a snatch like holy cow there are a million little minutiae pieces and exercises that we can break down this phenomenally complex you know beautiful movement into the sliver and you can just paralyze somebody because they'll never see the big thing and that the eloquence yep. of, of of guiding a, a, an athlete through <laughs> when it's necessary to get to the minutiae, but when we have to just be okay with the macro, like it's okay that, that, that I don't care. Like, you know, I can't tell you how many times a, a, a client of mine has missed the lift. And I'm like, that was fucking awesome. Like perfect because it's, it, they were work, we were working on one piece of this puzzle and they did that one piece beautifully, but yeah, that something else was still broken. So the lift failed. And in their mind, it's like, well, then that was shit. It was broken. I didn't know it was wrong. And I'm like, no, 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 that was great. Like that was exactly what we wanted. Just divorce yourself from the later part that fucked up. Yeah, we missed the lift, but you pulled beautifully. You you know you, you you transitioned over the kneecap beautifully. Yeah, the rest of the pull was shit. We'll get to that. You know that's where that coach client thing is so important because if they're on their own, they would never know the eloquence of. They would just see it as failure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. Like it's it's such a. What, it's just the placement of your encouragement. You know, it's so, so much mm. about, and, nice. and yeah, you like that. Well, that okay. Good. So here, here's a funny thing about training with Michael. Um, and I knew this was good for me, but I like, I, it was annoying. So the way that Michael's set up is, is very similar <laughs> to ours. And we talked about, by the way, like, I don't know if you, we haven't got to have this conversation actually. So um, when I was in Minnesota training with Michael, I was very frustrated with the lack of system. So John, this is where like, he's doing something very similar to us where we have private, he's writing my program, but it's like kind of watching me kind of not. And at the beginning, I, this was so frustrating for me because I'm such a needy prick. And like, right, like look at me, I'm here. And, um, but over the long haul, it's this, it's, it's obviously this relationship of like, you have to trust yourself to do this on your own while also knowing when to ask me questions. Cause if you ask me questions all the time now, like, which is, I had to pick my moments and these were things that I needed to do anyway. And, and we see that all the time in baseball where it's just like, 
the expectation from whether it's kids, whether it's parents, who knows where the expectations come from, but there's this handheld like needing, I need to carry them along all the way where it's like the best of the best are so good at, you know, it's not like I, I think just because it's become so popular, it's like, it's not teaching them how to fail. Like it's just learning how to encourage the moments that matter the most, right? Those moments where they might not make it out on their own and you're right there, you know, because you're watching. Um, We had Brandon LaRue on. I'm just going to say this one more thing because that's the the watching thing. Uh, Brandon LaRue talks about it all the time. Well-built humans. He's a a Minnesota guy. Um, But like kids are always watching, right? And so if you are just always watching them back, it's really easy to like catch their attention and get them locked mm-hmm. in on you. Um, I see this with dogs. My, I'm, I'm, I'm a sister's right now. And when I pay attention to her dogs, they are so mad at me because they think that I'm being dominant. And so I have to like play this stupid game with them of like, okay, I'm not paying attention to you. And then they come over and I'm like, oh my goodness, where did you come from? And and the, these are just simple little things. So anyway, I'm getting off on tangents, but go, yeah. Well, I'll just touch on one thing. And then I think, John, you might have had a question. Um, I think you're touching on maybe what is it, a, a deeper philosophy for me, which is uh, empowerment is maybe the, you know, the fancier word, but I, it's, it, you know, it's why I hate personal training personally. Like I, I call it personal coaching. It's just my stupid way of, of justifying why I want to charge somebody an exorbitant, relatively exorbitant, but valuable exchange. Because if we're going to spend an hour together, like we're going to coach you for the hour. I'm not going to count reps and ask you about your family. Like that's what personal training ends up becoming. And I think to your point, which is why I love the my, my most famous, my famous, wrong word, my most favorite relationship with clients is this relationship you and I had, which is sort of a guided one coach, one client relationship where I'm devising training specific to their needs. We've gone through all the appropriate assessments and we've had conversations, but in the end, I, you have to fail a little bit. You, failure is feedback. You have to learn, you have to get inside of yourself and, and, and fight a little bit for it and then have that security blanket, which is the coach that's next to you or a phone call away or a text away or a, that can come in and guide you a little bit and hold you back from complete obliteration of your mind. But I, that relationship to me is glorious because in the end, I am trying to either coach myself out of that that current moment so that we can get to something more rich, or to some degree, I want to I want to give you the tools. I want to keep the tools. That's just stupid. That's annoying and it's it's arrogant. Um, okay, I'll stop talking. Next. <laughs> no, but we, John, you were. You, did you have something? Sorry. No, that was. That was I'm, I'm fine. I'm listening. This is great because I'm finding I'm seeing parallels in the same thing back to. Um, you know, where kids don't, the empowerment idea was, was exactly what we talk about. And we, we put, we, we enjoy groups. Like there's a difference of like group training and there and one-on-one stuff. And, and, you know, it just never felt good to me to like charge so much money for like a one-on-one session when it's like, I don't, you just don't, I can actually make this more fun in a better situation with more people, you know? And, and so, and then you can learn more and then, you know, and so we change age ranges and we have college kids with like nine-year-olds and like, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it just really just works out nicely in the environment and the culture that we create because we can see how it's affecting both kids because you get to go, go over to the big kids and be like, hey, you're setting an example for a nine-year-old, right? And, and just be a nice human, you know, like just <laughs> do your part, like help him enjoy yeah. the game, you know? 
And then you go to the nine-year-old and you go, hey, check out this guy. He's in college. Isn't that cool? He's playing college baseball. You know, and they're like, oh, man. So, you know, I, I agree totally with what you're saying and, and the parallels to what the psyche and how everything goes. Because it's as a trainer, you, you, you want to do the best for the kids, you know. So I'm curious. You, oh, sorry, oh, go, go ahead. No, I was just going to yeah. say, I love it went by quickly. So I hope people heard it. Um, I don't do a lot of young uh, kid training. Um, I have a, a phenomenal, just because he's a great kid. I have a 16-year-old uh, weightlifter that came to me at 15 and he's just turned seven, 17. And I've, But like, I haven't done much young youth training, but I love what you said when you talked about be a good human. Like, let's talk about things that we, can, the, the broader coach that we can be to these young people um, and what we can really teach them about and that is something that should not be overlooked. So I love that you said that because that's like, yeah, let's let's talk about being a good human being. Let's we're not just talking about throwing shit or picking up shit or whatever. Like, yeah, we'll do that. However, you know, because this little kid, this I shouldn't say kid. He's a high school, you know, but he's a kid. I'm old. Um, I mean, he's in my gym, you know, around 30, 40, 50 year old. I mean, my full adult population. And he's like just great great kid and it's the only reason why i have him working with me because he can work in that environment and he had to watch him grow and I, I love everything that isn't about weightlifting that i've seen him develop and i feel like a part of our relationship has helped that development and how fun is that how fun is that to have that level of touch in a young person you know and what that's going to translate to as they move on into their adult oh. years so some of our what? favorite clients are, are like nine and ten years old or, or 12 and then have been with us for two or three years you know yeah. And so it's just, and Cass and I've only been working together for a little over a year, but since the genesis of me and here in San Diego, he's met the majority of the kids at Vince for a long time. And it's just like, you know, Cass, it, um, have you ever told him about your first day? Like, I still think about it every once in a while when uh -oh. you bring it up because like, well, no, it was just a very, he showed up and then we had conversation and then he was just watching this assembly line of just like, 10 year olds just rip balls into this target with a radar gun on the screen. And, and to his point, um, he had thought of that idea before. So to see it, you know, was like, Oh, well, in, in all fairness, a lot of people have thought about this. Like th there's a lot of people doing a similar thing, you know, not to the extent like John's twists on it all. Um, you know, yeah, it's very similar in that standpoint. I'm just so caught up on like the, the kid, the kid going back and forth. Um, one thing that I thought of was like one, uh, or we had like that closing thing, Michael. And, and one thing that I've, I, I don't know if you remember me saying this, but Michael is so selective in who trains with him. Like mm -hmm. you don't just like, this is very, like, we were talking about it, um, with bleaker. There's a baseball place up in Riverside, California, North of us does the same thing. You have to apply to go through this training process. And, and I, and I think there's such an importance, like the, the theme there is be who you are and surround yourself with people who are, are going to support that, that culture. And, and that what was, that's what's so impressive about, you know, being at your gym is you're doing that on purpose. So you know that the people around you are going to be very, you know, like-minded in, in ways, right. And then completely different in other ways, but. It's funny too, cause you know, I mean, we've all as probably business owners have gone down the rabbit holes of you know, client acquisition, I mean, that whole nightmare, right? And I've done different dabbles with, you know, business coaches or whatever, and they'll always talk about like your demographic, what's your demographic look like, you know, what kind of, and I'm like, 
it's not a demographic dude it's a psychographic like what is what's inside oh of i like here? how you said that yeah i like yeah how it's that. like i don't care if you're, yeah. yeah i don't care if you're 16 or 60 like to cass's point um yeah i've definitely i don't want to say roadblocks but i've definitely put it's not easy to just show up like my gym is never a gym that you were well more recently more, more in the recent couple you know decade when I, I i have to be fully transparent i opened as a crossfit gym when i first started we can go we can talk all about that if you want but that being said that was a, a historical reality but you've got <laughs> layers to go through and in-person conversations need to happen to see if this is a good fit and most of the time it's really about you know exposing them to me because anybody who goes to who's going to come into my gym and be a part of the community has to go through me it has to go through a conversation an assessment a sit down and and that already sort of calls the field a pretty decent amount but in the end like i want the right people that have the right mindset that and i have the joy because it's my name on the door i can kind of establish what that community is going to look and feel like because it's it, it, you know that's the that's the reason why i opened my own business it may not be the best business practice but i but it makes me the most satisfied when i sit there and just kind of observe amongst the world and just see all these wonderful men and women that are coming or would, it's a good come. human practice good human practice yeah right yeah definitely so <laughs> oh okay so then um the other thing about the age thing because i was going to ask you so you talked about things being appropriate versus not and like how micro you're going to get versus how macro you're going to get it's i i don't i i don't even know that how age it is like i'm curious your perspective on it because like um, we have some young kids that just want to hear it a different way. And when we start telling them like, Hey, if you know where your hands and feet are, like they all of a sudden are connected with that. So I'm not saying every single one of them are, but, um, it's interesting. So I'm curious, like when you talk about, cause I know you and I can go as deep as, as, as any, right. Mm -hmm. Um, how, how common is that in your, your clients and how much do you oh, have to dial back? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I'd, I'd say that we'd have to first just sort of identify the, the, the two population differences. Um, the individual clients of mine that I work with, more one-on-one. -on -one. Exclusive coaching is the fancy term of the program, but essentially individualized training. Um, and then the small group program that I have. And I have been a little more hands-off on that program in general, but all of those people go through me to get to the gym in the first place. So they all know me. And it's a small place, right? I mean, I have one coach that works with me and me. So it's it's intimate. It's like you guys. Um, I think that's a very good question. And I, I generally let the client lead that conversation, um, because I have seen it all too often where it's, you know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to laugh at Taylor a little bit and hopefully he's not going to laugh at me and be like, dude, what are you talking about? But I remember when he came to me and first started working with me and he was just a joy. I mean, six years, man, it's like working with your best friend. It was such a treat and I'm so glad we're still good friends. It was interesting to watch him, you know, because he, and I don't have this, I'll be transparent. He had an exercise science degree. He had fancy words, words, words to use all day long, you know, and I had 30 years of human degree. I mean, I had 30 years of coaching humans, again, motorcycles to drums to whatever. And it was interesting to watch him struggle trying to bridge those two gaps. The, 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 technic, the technical gap to the lay human who's like mom, dad, lawyer, whatever, who's coming to do fitnessy stuff. Um, and all too often I would see a trap of getting too bogged down in that when they're just like, like, I just want to pick this up. Like, I don't need to know about like hinge and hamstring and 
glute, but you know, it's like, uh, uh, uh-uh, I just want to pick this up. Um, so I think it becomes a very that's selective. So me. That's so me, by the way. <laughs> I just tell me what, just pick, it pick it up, move just, it over there. Yeah. Feel it where, all right, let's move on to the next thing. And I, I think that's in, it's important and that I'm glad you said that because it, I don't think it's age dependent. I think it's really, I have a client of mine that, you know, level like class, you're a great example. Like you would, you came and asked questions, which were like, I mean, it made my eyes kind of get big. Cause it's like, fuck, these are huge <laughs> questions. Like, I love it though. I love it because yeah. you came to me saying, Hey, I'm thinking about this. And it's like, Oh fuck, let's talk. Like, I love that. But I can't, I, I, at least I'm, I feel like I've learned enough not to presume that everybody wants to go down those rabbit holes. And I think you can have the detriment of losing people and actually losing buy-in because you're trying to make something either more overcomplicated or you're just trying to get too heady, maybe not purposefully in your vernacular or, or, or word choices. I've always been a big fan and very particular about the vocabulary that I use. Um, Cause I think all those things matter. And I think that's what makes, that's where, that's what I think I bring to the table that maybe some people don't have is that's where my history and my age um, helps because I think I can do that really well to the person that's in front of me. So if I were working with, let's just say you too, I feel like I would know not to talk, wait, I don't know that you're over here for me. There you go. Not to talk technically to you and we'll just talk big macro use, you know, maybe we'll relate it to certain things where for Cass, it's like rabbit hole guy, like, fuck, great, let's go down the rabbit holes. Because that's going to make you feel fulfilled and feel valued and feel that the exchange is exactly what you need it to be. Man, I talk a lot, I'll stop. But <laughs> but but for the record, that's exactly why I was so, um, I, I, I was like watching Taylor, I'm like, I want to talk to Taylor more. Um, it was it was fun to have both of you there because yeah. I, I needed both of that, you know, like now, yep. You know, part of the funny thing was, is like, I can, I can watch myself on video and like teach myself. And it's like, well, isn't, aren't you, isn't good job, Michael? Like I, I found, I find myself doing that all the time. I'm like, yeah. Oh shit. Good job, Michael. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> um, so I'll, here, let me plug you a little bit and talk a little bit about like what I mean by that. So, mm. um, you know, and then you can defend yourself. So, <laughs> so when I watch people like learn how to do a pull up, for example, Okay, it's like get bands and then with two legs and then one leg and then, okay, now try it without that. And that's a way. And I think the thing that, you know, John was talking about eccentrics because I had such, before I was training with you at Sam Topping, had that hit program and it was just such a big thing for me. And I was very attracted to the fact that I saw a lot of that tempo programming in your stuff. By the way, how you write your programming is how I teach people if they want to know, right? So if I'm talking to them about tempos, I'm going to write a program exactly like you would write a program. Hmm. Um, but I also don't think that, it's not like you invented that. So maybe, um, but like, yeah, I think there's so much to be said about, um, you know, wherever you are, because we have a lot of people in San Diego, obviously, but, you know, Michael is a trainer who is going to make sure that you earn your ability to do a movement, right? So if you're learning how to do a pull-up, there's a way safer way to do a pull-up than some of the ways that people try to learn how to do a pull-up. And it's not that you can't get away with these, but it's just like when you take that a little bit more safe, slow, conservative route, like in two years, it's, it's, it's such a game changer. And so that kind of coaching is what should be rel- like completely present in the, the 12 to 18 year old range. And, mm-hmm. and for whatever it's worth, like this is, this has nothing to do with Michael. Like it's Michael has found his, his, what do you call it? Psychographic. 
and <laughs> and like and I just it's it's on it's weird that there aren't more people like that, right? Because um, you know, I've I've talked highly of Discover Strength out in Chanhassen and Plymouth or wherever they are, just because man, if you're gonna pick something that's safe, like goodness, that's such a good approach. Like I, I, I'm not here to sit and dig into is it the best or not. It's just that idea is I like introducing young athletes or just new you know people to to into fitness in a way like that. So anyway, you wanna you wanna dive into yeah, why I wanna riff on that, that for approach? A yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe like you haven't I, talked about your coach either. I haven't really asked you a lot about your coach or that either. Yeah. So um, the, I'm just trying to hit all the points. I think that the age thing is a very, is an, let's make sure we come back to that when we're talking okay. about sort of youths versus, and, and we could even dive into like, well, what's a youth? Like, you know, is that 15, you know, is 15 and up, not a youth, like all oh, that whole question, young people lift weights. Um, but I do agree with you. Yes, I, I, um, regardless of whether I was a CrossFit gym or not, and regardless of my path, um, you, you earn what you earn. Don't what be you so get. embarrassed about that. I no, love CrossFit. I know, and that I don't. Good... I, I'm not. Yeah. Whoops. Move myself. Yeah, we know. The, yes. Like right, right, right. It's not that big a deal to us. Like we okay. we understand what it is. Like cast CrossFit. Like work it. We can just call it working out. Like it doesn't. The yeah. word. It's great. Whatever. Great. Competitive. It's a competitive workout. Yes. You know. So I think, I think due to part of it being my age, coming to coaching and fitness coaching later, um, I mean, you know, probably early thirties, so it's been probably about a 15, 18 year journey for me now. Um, and not having maybe sort of youthful insanity fitness experiences as a background, I never really did much. I mean, I played drums and did Taekwondo when I was a kid. I didn't, you know, I played sports, but I never played sports competitively. I just played them all. I threw shit. And, caught shift and ran around and um <laughs> but for me when you know like i've always been into the the human side of the coaching piece like that's actually when i'm the most fulfilled like i love sets and reps and you know snatch and clean and jerk all day long i could i love that stuff but like who's actually the human that's actually doing it like i want to i want to get inside of that person and their mindset around it and, and really build a relationship and and i think it goes back to what we first talked about which was as I mentioned around fitness being like this, you know, it's such an overly used word, but the, the journey of fitness, movement, life, like people get, people who want to think that they are going to earn a pull-up or want to get thrown into the pull-up game to use your point, Cass, and get thrown on a band. It's it the problem there. It's not the client because they don't know any better. The problem is, unfortunately, the person that's that's putting the band around that person's foot and saying, okay, now you can slap around and do 10 shitty ass banded pull-ups because I've decided I put this within the context of a training session and I haven't asked some really deep dark questions of myself of why the hell am I asking this group of people in front of me to do a number of a movement when reality is 90% of them can't so I'm not going to ask that question I'm just going to find ways to facilitate this group to do what I said that I want them to do and I've never like I just kept, and this, uh, um, I thank my largest fitness mentor, which is James Fitzgerald, who's part of OPEX Fitness, um, who I've just had years and years of wonderful mentorship from. Um, I early on just kept asking more and more questions of, of me, like what does fitness mean to me? What kind of experience do I want to offer? What kind of people do I want to work with? What, how do I perceive fitness as in the realm of the world and life and all these deep dark questions and ultimately then because 
I have always been amazed at, with blind uh, 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 trust what men and women will come through my door and allow me to have them do. It's amazing without asking any questions. Like, sure, I'll do that. Yep. So if they don't know you better, like I fucking better know better. Yeah. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame the coach that puts a band around somebody's foot unless they know a little better and they're not, you know, it's like if you if you know what you don't know, man, I'm all okay, great. Then continue to learn. Great. And let's talk about why I feel like philosophically that's not gonna work for me. Um if you know what you don't know, like, ooh, and you're still putting the band around the guy's foot or the woman's foot, like, mm, now you've got a problem. Now you're it, a sham. Now you're putting people at risk. Now you're just going for the dollar and I've got a problem. Well, I, I do think I, I will I will stick up for some of them for the record because I do think that there's something to be said about there is some weird um, standards in and who is the authority in our world and like what is right and what is wrong. So I, I know that there's some people that will stand up pretty hard for some of the methods that they they follow. And there's a lot of people, you know, going in those directions. You know, you see it with, you know, some hitting coaches that will do some weird things that gain, you know, you see their followers. It's like hundreds of thousands of people are following these people. Um, and it's just bad. It looks good, you know, and there's a good pitch behind it. But, you know, that's just everywhere. So. I don't know. I've like, no, that's not a good example. I was going to say Bikram yoga, but um, that's, no, that's bad I mean, for a different reason. Well, let's, let, let me bring up two things. So let's come back to the pull-up piece. First of all, I'll be the first to look at a human being and tell them that they're never going to get a pull-up, which is fine. Who cares? Body weight pull-up is an immensely complex movement that there are, there's so many body weight to power realities that never might be a reality for somebody, but it doesn't mean that we can't pull vertically, right? I mean, let's talk about what we're actually trying to accomplish. We are trying to balance and build a system of pulling and pushing. So we have a range of motion question to ask. We have a sort of reality of baseline, where they are, and then just an analysis and reality of like, what is this person's potential right now? Maybe they're just physically too heavy and and the physical the physicality of actually pulling their body up without some huge assistance and again, are we talking strict or are we talking more of the kipping-ish kind of scenario? Two other huge different issues to talk about. Um, if I can talk about you for a second, remember when you came to me, uh, Cast, around weightlifting and we did an analysis and we looked at ankle mobility and upper back mobility and all these things. And I, there was a part, I think, honestly, I was with you and I'm like, like, I don't know about this journey, but it's going to be a journey. Like, I was really transparent with you. Like, we're going to be smart and, and be very stepped and do the things that you can do and push the envelope a little bit right to that gray zone a little bit and let's see how the body reacts. And for you, you're sort of like a success story that I think about when I look at the progression that you were willing to make with the time and patience that you were willing to put into it. And that's the key is you weren't like, no, I want to snatch and clean and jerk full lifts from the floor like tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, we're not doing that. And you're like, okay, well, let's just do what we can do. Okay, let's do that. And we did that for what, two years? I mean, what yeah, you were like able 18, to do. Yeah. yeah. And but and was, I don't know if you've seen me, but like, dude, I did a clean jerk the other day in just normal shoes. And I have, you just laid a foundation for me to understand like, okay, these are some simple ways to think about it. I understand movement enough to, I don't know, it's crazy. And my, my snatch, like I could barely, I could barely snatch. Like I could definitely not like overhead squat. Um, and I mean, I'm, how many of us should really be spending a ton of time overhead squatting is probably a pretty good debate. But 
um, I can no, do it's it. Not and a, it's like, not. It's an easy debate. It's not. Many. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but but to your point, you had and this is where I think we have to the coach client relationship is. I knew what was re what's required to do the lifts, the full versions of lift. You know, when I say snatch, I I don't mean squat snatch. That's redundant. Snatch full range of motion. Snatch full range of motion. Clean. I knew what you were capable of <laughs> through an assessment and through a re and and I know what was required to do them well, but it doesn't mean you couldn't do parts or pieces of them, and we couldn't work in auxiliary elements over the course of time to see how the body could react. And you were like, as the client, we're like, yeah, I'll buy into that. Some, how many people will say like, oh wow, 18th month journey to do this thing that I say I want to do today? That's not yeah. a lot of people are going to say that, which is fine because then I'm going to say. Well, that's what it's going to take. So we're not doing that then. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to, well, I'll just, okay, I say 18 months, but if you do this six month package with me, well, then we'll, you know, it's like, no, no, no. Like, mm -mm. That, then we're not going to snatch and clean and jerk. That's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then if I lose that client, I lose the client, but. Yeah. And so I was four, four times a week with Michael and it's the same thing that we talk about in our world of how you just have to keep throwing and, you know, something mm. as much as like the front rack. Okay. And it's, it's ironic because I, you know, I haven't been on this. So the front rack is something kids are, a lot of baseball players are being asked to front squat. Okay. And instead of like learning how to front rack, they're just not front racking. So they have different variations oh, and they're doing holes that. and, and that's fine, but you don't need to do that when you're 14, when you're 14, you can take the time to learn how to front rack correctly, you know? And so I would literally just stand here with the freaking bar in my hand. And I would take opportunities, uh, maybe on an off day, I'm like, I, I still want to work out and I'm just going to lunge in a front rack, you know, and I would just not be, I just hated being bad at that part. Um, and so like to have somebody that's there to slow you down and, and I'm, and that's exactly what I need, right? Like I want to go now, 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 now. Right. And so like, I, I was lucky to run into somebody like that. And I'm, I'm hearing myself out loud because that's, that's obviously why I like CrossFit, but that's also why. You, I, I needed that background of you to know how to identify nice. when to slow myself down and stuff like that. Nice. So always, nice. what would Michael do comes into play when I was like, <laughs> dude, sit down, stop, just, it'll be okay if you don't keep going. <laughs> um, okay. It's funny that so, you say that too, though, because it, yeah. it, it makes me think about skill acquisition, like on anything, you know, and, and that's the, what you should talk about, by the way, the, the, the Cass and I have, um, from the beginning, identified that we are equally as psycho, um, and and awesome. to our standard that the people we surround ourselves with have to show this level of psychopath dedication at some form of whatever their their life's journey is going. So we understand that you're actually serious about it, and that's going back to the application process of what we were talking about earlier about 108 and how we're selective. Like we've turned people away all the time and just told them, "Hey, I don't think this is for you." you know, you want us to do this thing and it's not even in our method and our system. And I'm sorry, that's just not the way we want to do it. We just don't want to do it that way. You know, it just be, and it, and it, you know, it, the, the lack of understanding of like why we're not willing to take the money for it and, and how we're not able to just cater to the customer and stuff. It's like, it's just not about that. That's not what, if you, if you understand what we are and what we do and the culture that we provide and what we are trying to put in front of you it, that easily if you don't want that you focused on yeah exactly yeah, if, and if, if you, you don't, don't want, want it that, like 
hey, no big deal. Like, we're not mad at you. And we got people that go to all kinds of other coaches and they have a ton of coaches and that's fun, right? And it's funny when we get the kids that have been with us for a long time and then they're like returning the information to us, we're like repackaging it and sending it back to them so they can understand what the guy's actually saying so we can actually all work together. But to this day, there's only been like one or two other coaches that have actually called us and been like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> like, can we just talk about it? And because it's just such a weird thing where uh, there's a stigma where you don't want to cross the lines. And to Cass's credit, he's done a really good job of like integrating us into the market here and just like meeting people and talking to people. And we had a couple big time university coaches on here that were like, yeah, we watch your stuff online. It's fun. It's awesome. Nice. I love what you're doing. And you know, it, it obviously it feels nice to be, you know, the pe- that the people that you're trying to impress on a macro scale um, that that it works. Um, but in the same sense, you know, it's just a very unique process for people to go through and understand of like what buying in is. And it sounds like, you know, with the length of time that you've been running your business and how you're able to focus and not focus and look at it is is that it's it's a uh, it's unique. Um, 10 years ago, but we're seeing just a lot more. I don't, I don't know what freeform coaching. I don't, I don't even know what it's mm. called, but you know, I call it floating. Like I just float around and just when we get the gym going, I'm just walking around just like you're saying, and I'm going like, how's it feel? What's going on? How you doing? You know, yeah. did you like that? You know? And so um, it, it's, I, I, I'm definitely with you on that one. Cause it's, it's very, I don't want to get in kids way, you know, cause to your point, you know, like, Cass and I are so different on how we're coached. Like, I just want to do it and then look at the data later or interpret how I'm doing and try to just get as many reps because I guess I just understand like how much time it, like how hard it is to stay inside the flow state. And once you're there, Mm -hmm. right. Once you're at that, the peak flow state where you figure it out, I just want to stay there as long as I can. So I remember it, remember it, remember it, remember it because it's going to drop off. Right. And so, um, you know, he's, it's funny because he, he challenges me every day on things. I, I constantly send him, you know, he'll wake up, I'm sure, to like four or five different Instagram posts that I'm just sending something to him. And I just want to see, I just want to see what his brain does. Like, it's a little, it's a fun ping pong of ideas that we do all the time. And it's very fun. I do love when you, you said about, you know, you don't want to get in the way. And I, I think that's, it. you know, as coaches, it's so easy. And I was thinking, I always would think about this in the music context, you know, cause I was teaching, you know, young musicians and college kids. And I was at a pretty high level music school and uh, music college in, in Minnesota. And, you know, it, it's maybe a little, I don't know if this parallels as much, but I mean, music, like with many, you know, arts of sort, I mean, it, it's an evolving art. It's a moving target. It's not a static. I mean, we, anytime we go back and have, identified an era, you know, classical music, whatever these names that we put on things is, you know, we're after the moment and we're looking back and we can kind of bundle it up into a thing. Well, you know, here I am a 40 some year old or whatever dude that's like sitting in front of a 20 year old kid. And, you know, like my world is, my experiences are valuable to him, but my experiences aren't his experiences. And my, my awareness and how I hear music and how I process it while I can say, I've done it well enough to be successful financially while I feel like I've done it well to understand the technical pieces of it and I can communicate and teach it. 
I want music to keep moving forward. So I don't want to hold, I want to be careful with how, because, because the think of an educational system obviously is having, I mean, it's got to have some boundaries. It's got to have some boxes and we're trying to fit people into little boxes. I have to be really careful that I'm not trying to, that I'm not extinguishing some magic by trying to fit somebody into a box. And yes, okay, how this parallels to Snatch and Clean and Jerk, it's not quite the same, but yet it, it is. I mean, you know, Snatch and Clean and Jerk is not an evolving moving target. It is from a from a loading standpoint. I mean, the lifts are the lifts. I always come back to those things because those are my favorite things in the whole wide world. Um, but I think when it just comes to the person, I think that's more of the piece that I'm trying to connect back to. It's so important that we, like you said, don't get in the way. Like, how can I assist? How can I push along and maybe, oh, like, look, you know, I love when you first said like, hey, how'd that feel? That was the first thing out of your mouth when you're talking. Man, I, I joke with every new client that comes to my door and says, you are gonna get so tired of hearing the term, hey, how'd that feel? Hey, what'd you think about that? Hey, how, because you're, it's a question, it's a dialogue. It's not, hey, mm -hmm. that third rep wasn't a good rep. Oh no, that's, you know, bad, wrong. No, move your knee, you know, it's not just a coaching cue. It's, a, it's I'm gonna draw you into this. I want you to be a part of this. That's, I love that. I love those words, man. Words matter, words matter. That's true. It's, well, I mean, um, it, it, oh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say something about kids. I don't know. The words, yeah, are, you, the words are. I'm, I'm very much a wordsmith. Like that was the whole communication degree thing. Um, you know, I found myself uh, like a, a year ago. I was sitting on the beach. I'm like, I want to read my Western rhetorical book that I have in my bag. Like, what am I doing? Like the philosophy of of words and yeah, the philosophy of rhetoric. So I think it's super important because, you know, and we do it all the time. You know, John is constantly, we, he talked about the coach um, player thing. Like I'm just John, this is just Cass, you know, but I've explained to parents yeah. too. I think it's been helpful for us to, you know, and this is just me needing to name stuff. John was just doing it, but <laughs> he's, he's a little more natural on that. But like, I feel more like an older brother, right? And when I look at things from that standpoint, from a younger player, that can be a completely different game. Right. If I'm looking at them like that, that judging father figure all the time. Right. A lot yes. of kids will never get out of their shell when they do that. So we're constantly playing back and forth with like, how do we need this to be? Um, we've done. Um, gosh, you'd really like this stuff. Um, by the way, if you're ever itching to get out here, there are so many places for you to come to. Um, so there's a place out here called S10 Fitness who. I, we started this relationship right before all this quarantine happened. Um, so I haven't had to, I haven't been able to like dig into them as much as I want to, but they introduced me to Z health. Have you heard of this? Mm -hmm. Okay. So we are doing like, I just have literally, I have it right here. We have this little chart. Okay. And so it's just, it's like music. So literally you just have three different patterns that you associate with each thing. Have you seen these charts? I haven't. I don't know if I have. I might have to have to share that with me. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Chris Daly down at S10, he he does uh, like the their whole thing is that their um, assessments are um, like neurological assessments. So they they don't have physical assessments. They have um, visions tests and then balance tests, mm. and that's like how they introduce them to fitness. And mm. so then from a performance standpoint, this has been like candy for kids because when we have kids coming in you talk about like it's just such a different complex right where where you have an adult that's going to be like super self-conscious or or what have you like a kid is going to be like i'm in a new place right now oh my gosh 
Oh, you know what I mean? Like it's just a different level of thing. So this kind of thing, this game or any way that we can gamify for our kids, right? But this yeah. is like gamify your brain, calm down. And so we'll play this for maybe three minutes and all of a sudden, so I'll have a kid that's coming in and, and you'll ask him a question. You talked about like this, you know, this relationship going back and forth, you know, and we have to get to the point with our kids where like, hey, how'd that feel? John's like, you can answer me. Like nothing happens, right? Yeah. And it's like I'll sit, time, I'll you sit can't... down in the middle of the gym, especially like a nine or ten year old. Like I'll just sit down Indian style. I'm like I'll just wait you out. I can do and this I'm all like... day. <laughs> and, and I'm like John, there's a better way. Let's use I this. We don't need you sitting down in the middle of the floor stopping Definitely. for thirty minutes. Sometimes you got to be dramatic, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but these are the fun things that I'm learning about, you know, and like okay, how can we get them in the right mindsets? You know, these are the, you know, how can we be there for the kids in that way? So it's been a lot of fun recently because I know, I mean, this stuff, and then Michael, this is the stuff that then I take the parents through it and I'm like, oh no, this is the conversation I really need to be having right now <laughs> is like, do you realize I, okay. So the kids will just play it, right? The kids will just like go through this stuff and like, especially some of the sensory stuff that we'll do. So like, if you have a kid that's like, gets really nervous when you like give them criticism, you say, hey, next time your heart rate goes up, just start like tapping your fingers. So kids are usually really open to it because they're desperate for solutions. And parents are just like, they they have no tolerance for solutions, right? <laughs> and so I have had people like, hey, do you want to come play this game? I am not playing this game right now. Like, oh, my bad. Like, sorry, Whoa. sorry, I was- Something I was else going that. on there. And right. And then, and then, so that's probably a dynamic that you definitely don't have besides like three people of like parent um, kid relationships. But oh, again, it's humans, right? And this is the, the life that we live. And I, I, we choose this for a reason because, you know, I like the challenge. How, how do you, that's, I have a question for you guys. Like, I don't have to deal with this at all, but I've seen it, you know, the, 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 you know, the hockey parent, the, you know, it's like, yeah. How how do you guys work, you know, when the student is one way and the parent is like the helicopter parent, the parent where you're like, dude, you need to just shut up and like go in another room or whatever. Or like this poor kid doesn't even want to play this sport. Like why if he shouldn't even be here or she shouldn't be here? Like how do you negotiate that? Well, it's a it's a conversation to make sure that um, the parent and the athlete and us understand we're all on the same team, right? But guess what? Nobody can throw the ball but the athlete, right? So we, we can't, we can't, Howard, I, you can even do this with coaches. It used to bother me when I would play. My coach would get so mad when we were playing and, and I'd be like, dude, you're not even playing the game. I don't understand why you're so upset. I'm 10 times more upset than you are because I'm playing the game. You're on the sidelines, you know? And so once we can establish that to make sure they understand that like you're actually hindering your kid's progress, by nice. overanalyzing your sessions on the way home, you know, and like you didn't, it's so it, it's about changing the narrative about the way the parent is communicating with the kid. We're like, hey, you need to be the fan of the of your son. You need to be his fan. You need to be his number one fan and make sure that you guys are cool and you're talking about like my dad just did a great job when I was in little league and I I had no idea what he was doing this, but he figured out very young that I was a very incentive-based competitive athlete, right? So if I struck out more than six guys in our little league game, we got Whataburger. If I got, if I struck out eight, 
I got a double double. You best believe I came out the gate <laughs> ten punches every every game, and I was so jealous. Everybody's double, like, double, double, baby. Yeah, double, oh double. man, they were they were going. You know, I remember my teammates were like, "Hey, let's." They're they're going like, "Hey, you know, after the game, you get like a, a soda or a, a Gatorade and like an orange or something." You know, and I'm I'm like, "Nope, not wasting any of that space. That this this is going to be a good meal." So since, um, in the last, like, I'd say, I don't know. I just feel like since I've been there, um, I've been slowly trying to answer that question, to be honest with you. And so one of the things that I've been trying to do is, um, it's all about right away when we meet people, I'm like, listen, I have no idea who you are. So this is my opportunity to say, you know, this is kind of our expectation. Everything that we do here is intentional. Um, and we do things differently you know, and, um, we're very, very involved in this. And that means I'm going to have interesting conversations with your kid. And if they're having a bad day, you know, I'm going to try to figure out why they're having a bad day. And sometimes that's going to be because, you know, you're, you're ticked off at each other and I'm going to have to be Mm -hmm. in that conversation and at least know how to handle that, you know? And so I'm just saying that up on, up in front, you know, and then as far as like, um, I, you know, cause this is actually, I've evolved from this. Um, I, I saw so many issues with this in the past where I was, you know, at, at one point I was like, you know, it'd be easier if we just like have a parent viewing away from this where it's, you know, just physically out of the situation. And um, we have a relationship with a guy named Kyle Wagner out on the East coast, just a really good dude. And he pushes hard for the parent um, coach relationship to be a really good um, involved one because it's like, dude, what are you asking of those parents? Like you should return the favor by getting them as involved as possible. And I really, you know, I really have taken that to heart and been like, listen, you know, I want to be able to have real hard conversations with everybody right now. And if I'm being a jerk, I want you all to tell me and I mean it, you know, and I, and I have to have that to the kids. You know, I've had a couple of kids just be like, no, I don't want to do this. And mm-hmm. even though it happens two or three times, the fact that I had said that and they had the courage to say it. Like that's all that matters. And I know that they're not going to most of the time, but that's what you're fighting for. Cause when you have that level of trust now, if their arm hurts, they're going to tell you if they're having a terrible day, they're going to tell you. And I don't know, it's just, it's just a decision, right? It's a decision to decide to have an impact on the people a certain way. And yeah, I've just started day one and said, these are our intentions and we're going to screw up and you're going to screw up and let's just keep, make sure we're always communicating. I I love that because, I mean, it's a much more, again, overused term, holistic approach to your coaching, you know, experience and expectations. I mean, it's a two way street Um, and it requires you, though, to have more skill sets, you know, and that parallels my world all the time. I I think, you know, I I, I laugh because I think clients, you know, after a while start to understand. I mean, you can't come into my gym without one of uh, one of us basically, you know, hey, how's, you know, how's it going today? You know, how's your day? You know, how's work? You know, these little kind of offset questions, which just might sound like just casual banter. But really, what I want to find out is that you had a horrible presentation at work today, you slept like shit last night. And today's programming might actually be asking you to do some really heavy back squats. So the fact that I know that you're burned, and you're on fumes, and I've just casually kind of determined, you know, and you've shared that, and we brought this into our expectations of like, we talk about these things, like these are common, th- I want to learn and know more than just snatching, you know, heavy weights and reps and sets and tempo. 
And it's like, then I'm going to coach you differently that day. Like, I'm going to probably hold you back from yourself and help you understand that it's okay that the back squat isn't, it's five pounds lighter or 10 pounds lighter today because it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. You know, unlike some, maybe some of the guys you work with, even at the highest level, I've never worked with a single human being in my gym that's making money doing what they're doing, right? This is all for love or for health and fitness, you know, and for most of my clients, it's for long-term health and fitness. So that even filters it further of like going back to your conversation in my cast about, you know, snatch and clean jerk. Like I'm not going to take somebody through movements that aren't going to have purpose and value. I don't mind a little bit of gray zone if they're, if it's still healthy, it comes back to my personal philosophy. Like I don't mind, stuff has to be fun. Like I'm not, not, let me be clear. I'm not, not the fun guy. You know, I'm not just body weight only. No, you shouldn't heavy deadlift. No, you should heavy deadlift. But do you have to do double body weight heavy deadlifts? No. Do you want to because you like to? Fuck, let's do it. Great. Do you do you need as a grown ass man like a body weight and a half deadlift for reps to just be reasonably strong to function in this world? I'm going to put my hand up and say yes, please. You know, do you have to heavy back squat? No, but I need you to back squat, squat something. I'll give you a kettlebell. I don't care. Why? Because you're going to need that in life. Does it need to be a double body weight back squat? No, I don't care. You know, that just now it gets into what you enjoy. But I have a a foundation of what I think humans will be more resilient and happy to have, especially in their older ages. So I don't know where that came from, but yeah. No, it's just, it's really hard in our world for people to play the long game. Um, Yeah. You know, and it's so different out here. You know, um, you talk about the hockey parent and that's the the baseball parents out here. You know, the one thing I do see is I I will say, I will stick up for our kids. I don't really run into out here where kids aren't into baseball. Like our kids love coming Mm -hmm. to our place. And I think part of it is that we have a pretty cool setup and it's, it's easy to have fun at our place, but you know, I did train a lot more kids in Minnesota that just really weren't there for the right reasons. And, and that oh. was, that was unfortunate, you know, and, you know, and everybody knows it and you just keep on doing it. Cause I don't know, <laughs> cause you like people, you know, and that's really what it was is these were still good kids, you know, um, and there was still a way to have an impact on them, but I'm glad to not be running into that as much. So hmm. what's, what's your guys. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, nothing. Go ahead. Um, what's your guys' philosophy sort of on the, um, I would, of course it's evolving and, you know, depends is the answer for everything in our world, but, um, sort of the one sport athlete versus, I mean, you know, do you run into that a lot? Is that commonplace? Do you, do you, do you, uh, invite that? Do you try to turn, you know, get people away from that? Is it age dependent, skill dependent? John, I guess I'll go, I'll go first. Uh, I think Cass and I view this similarly and different at the same time, because I am, I resonate with two different schools of thought, right? Like I, I'm just float in between. Like you said, it depends, right? Um, I was obsessed with baseball. If I had the entire, what we're setting up is based on what I wish we had one, what's Mm -hmm. on the technology that's available. So I'm trying to make the coolest, most fun environment for a pitcher to show up every day. If that's all they want to do every day, because that's all I ever wanted to do. All I ever wanted to do, I'd go play football, boring. Soccer, that's kind of fun. Kind of fun, right? Right? But also, don't get the ball a lot, boring. You know? And and so, tried basketball. Basketball was great. Got dunked on at 10. Quit that real quick. You know? And and baseball just seemed to be like, well, you always have control. If you're the pitcher, you the ball, and you just it's just there. Right? And so, throwing was always the most fun. And so, like, 
through football with my dad, through baseball, did all that. And so, you know, um, I've come to, to the realization that what people really want for a pitcher is them to be like this elite athlete combined with a pitcher who's skilled like a dart thrower that can just be disgusting at making the ball spin, do all this stuff, right? And for some reason in society, we think that playing basketball will make you a great pitcher. And I understand the athleticism correlation, but the skill, right, and the building of the thing, it just takes way too long to be the elite level pitcher that you need to be or thrower, right? And I understand that there's also situations where maybe your brain needs a break and you probably should go play basketball, right? So I, I don't, I just, uh, I played six years professionally in Mexico and I visited some, some other countries that play baseball and approach sports differently in the international market and they don't do multiple sports. So just not a thing. You pick one and then the other sports are actually conditioning. And I find that the impressive part, right? Where like in the Dominican Republic, they play soccer and basketball for conditioning for baseball. That's what they do. Nice. Nice. Right. So it's nice. like, it's not like they're not free playing. It's just not an organized competitive thing it's yep. not the purpose of it right and so that's that's the way i look at it is like that's if i'm going to build a kid and an athlete like i'll throw him in gymnastics he's going to play soccer he's going to play basketball do all that stuff but we're going to throw and hit all the time that's just what's going to happen because that's what i want to do anyway i'm going to make him throw to me i'm going to try to strike him out um it's just going to be fun you know mm. speaking of helicopter parent you're yeah future. <laughs> But no, I'm thinking, well, but I think there's a difference of what I think I'm going to try to accomplish. And if it doesn't work, like I said, Cass, <laughs> I will easily defer, right? Because, like, you need someone to throw you VP. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. and I think you, you hit on a couple of great points. I mean, um, you know, the, the Dominican piece where it's like there's still, you know, called GPP, whatever. There's still just play that's happening. You know, I mean, I, I see it sometimes, I've seen it in a fitness standpoint go really wrong um, where weightlifting is actually a reasonably medium-sized sport. Although, you know, in my city or in my state, there's a number of high school programs that have like weightlifting programs. I mean, snatch and clean and jerk programs in high schools. I mean, there's coaches and, you know, this army of kids in these weight rooms. I've never actually visualized, seen a weight room because it's just, I can't, I don't, I think I would die a million times over. But what I've seen is I've seen a couple of these kids come to me for some specialty training because obviously in a large group setting, snatch and clean and jerk, like, wow, yikes. But what I've noticed where it can go wrong in my world sometimes is, I mean, those are very specific movements. And, you know, when I, I saw two young girls in particular that came and trained with me and like, they went from like zero, like I had no, I don't, I don't have any sport experience. I didn't go out and play. I didn't do anything to, Hmm. heavy snatch, clean and jerk, back squat, front squat. Like, that's it. Like I go from zero to a thousand degrees in no, you know, no times flat. And they come to me with like, and their movement patterns and their, their body dynamics. And it's like, Oh my gosh, like you are just a broken human being and you're 14. Like for God's sake, you know, but I think you nailed it when you talked about elite level, like, Hey, I'm not looking at a 14 year old kid that's going to the game. Like, you know, that's, that's on a competitive path who would have had to have had multiple exposures to multiple things to have the physicality ready to excel. I'm talking about the casual kid who is in these, you know, average gyms, who's 14, 15, 16 with one coach and 40 kids throwing barbells around. And it's just like, Oh Lord, like, I can't, I can't do that. That hurts. hurts my head. <laughs> yeah. I want to throw my hat in the, the Put your head multi-sport in. thing. So the, 
I think in Minnesota, it's just so different, right? So it's the, you have to think about this like regionally because these mm. opportunities just are not, it's different conversations depending on where you are, good, good right? Point. And so like, you know, the same thing with the Dominicans, right? Like, it's not like, oh, I, I'm a four sport athlete. Where are you from? Dominican Republic. What? Like, this doesn't even exist, right? And so um, like, so some of that is going to be just, where are you? Right. And so when I'm from the middle of nowhere, um, I don't even have the option to keep playing baseball. It's really hard for me to maintain that skill when I'm the only person in the county that wants to do that. You know, and, and I could have tried harder, but I just didn't have the, the influence on me. Right. So to John's point, I think both of us are coming from the, hey, we want to be that thing that both of us would have wanted. Right. Because I feel the same exact way. So part of that is like, I could have, I've always loved baseball. Like it's like baseball, fishing and music. And it's like, that's about it. Like that will be there forever. And, um, but simultaneously, like, I just know that there are some things that like hockey, for example, like I know that hockey players are almost always good multi-sport athletes. Mm. And, um, but I also think that I say that because there aren't like hockey players that kind of play hockey. Right. There isn't a kind of in that sport where baseball, people casually play baseball all across the country. And so to that person, like, we're just not having a conversation about that person, I I think, right? So the the rec league people that that want to just like casually do it, I I, I almost think that, um, yeah, I don't don't know what's going to happen to that because it's almost like it's not cool anymore, right? Um, Because from my standpoint, personally, and maybe this is the problem, right? Maybe this is because too many adults are creating the narrative and not enough kids are, we're not asking their opinion, but um, like there's so much value in getting really good at something. Yeah. Right. And so if you're 12 years old and you're awesome at piano, there's a really good chance you're going to blueprint that and project that onto something else. Not necessarily. I want to say somebody like, who is our, Anyway, somebody just said like that, that isn't always the case, but re- regardless, like often that can be, you know, and that's how I know when I got really good at baseball, like as I'm getting this mindset going from a coaching standpoint, that's why I'm gravitating towards my trumpet. That's why I'm picking these things up. That's why I'm doing different skills because, oh, that's going to help me everywhere. So, right. I, well, I think the, the, oh, it's such an overused term again, the journey part of, I mean, if you're, if you're an exceptional musician or whatever instrument, whatever, I mean, while the modalities are obviously different, I mean, the mindset piece, I don't care who you are. There's, these are universal principles of time and investment and analysis. And, you know, usually a connection to some sort of master that you're working with and exchanging and learning and having frustrations and failure and getting that feedback. I mean, whether it's a trumpet or a baseball or a, a barbell, I mean, these are all, you know, so I, I agree with you. I think. Um, Cause kids know, don't draw the abstraction. Right. Like that's what they're not good at. Adults are good at drawing the abstraction. Yeah. Right. So and mm-hmm. it's, it's the same thing where like I, yeah, had, I, like I took, mul- I took multiple. So I took, I was, a, I have a degree in communication studies from a liberal arts college in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I took outside of that almost all generals. And I took two psychology classes, but I know for a fact, these are one of the, I, I never, I've literally never said this in my life. If I could redo it, I would double major. No doubt in my mind. Because nobody just told me, like, you do it because it's hard. Who cares? But because when you can have those two strengths back to back, you can now go like, oh, I get it. Anthropology is like about, you know, how we got here. And like, okay, I get it. Like, you can abstract those things onto it when you need to. 
right? And so like having those general, having all of these things, you can't even use them at that age, right? Hmm. And so that would be my biggest argument is like, it's awesome that I got to wrestle and dive and be in band and choir and all of these things. But gosh, I really wish I wouldn't have been in Spanish club and spent all of that time because it didn't end up working out and I really didn't care. I actually probably didn't care that much about one of choir or band. I could have done one way better. Right. If somebody would have been there helping me like be a little more <laughs> economic about the things that I needed to be doing. I, I mean, I'm just such an anomaly. I was freaking in everything. I worked at 12. Like this is, but I know that everybody's experience is going to be similar to this. Kids need help in like, hey, just like adults need help in, hey, what are you spending your time on, right? When you're having somebody's a conversation about their nutrition or their, you know, their training, like you're going to have to metaphorically cut some of the fat away, right? You have to make better decisions. So that's where I think the the multi-sport athlete thing is a bad argument because it's just, it, what, it, what are we talking about? What are we right. talking about right now? Well, I think now, you're, and both of you, and myself included now, I think we have to define who we're referring to, because you either have, I mean, you know, I think about when I, I mean, my band, when I taught band, um, I had 102 kids in front of me. Think about that, 102 kids with weapons in their hands, right? And I'm supposed to, like, make sense. <laughs> it was awesome, though. I loved those kids. Oh, my God, those were wonderful days. But, you know, like, of those 102 kids, probably 102 of them, maybe actually, you know, maybe 100, let's say. It's it's a casual, it's an experience for them. It's part of a journey of just being a young human being. And they're just sort of dabbling toes. But there's yes. two kids out of that 100 that have that spark, have that have that something special. I mean, like for drums, like I was, the, I was that kid, you know. So I think in what we're maybe talking about is we have to make sure that we have systems in place, whether it's systems in sports, systems in fitness, you know, that can identify and facilitate the opportunities to dissect and delineate the masses from those geniuses, just like we do in all the disciplines, so that those kids can have a path and can go and yeah. be the fucking best Michael Jordans or whoever in the world, or the world, you know, the world record Olympian. Um, I'm doing this with my sanction cleaning trick, but you can't see my arms. So <laughs> I tend to talk a lot with my arms as you figured out by now. Um, but that's, I think that's a piece. One of my biggest fit, uh, a weightlifting mentor, Brian Derwin, who's just a genius. He was, he was on the 1980 Olympic weightlifting team. And he was my first kind of mentor in, in weightlifting and fitness in town. He's such a sweet man. And, you know, he, he, he was the president of the USA, of the USA weightlifting t um, organization back in the late eighties, you know, and he, he always talked about like, the, like, we're we're trying to find the the geniuses that we're not you know this is not a participation sport this is a sport to i to to delineate the the best of the best of the best and they didn't have systems in place to do that the nice thing is you now see they have changed that and americans are doing a little better americans are starting to come up and, and be a little more nationally competitive and globally competitive because the the culture has shifted a little bit to better facilitate and identify those people it's interesting. Um, we, I don't know if you've seen this, but we um, are housed in the same place as a East County barbell. Um, and yeah, we, I, he's really good. And, and I've said this, like, you know how critical I am and West Cravey and East County barbell, they have a really, really good club. So um, I'm following, I know you're not, it's funny that I asked, I'm going to call you out. It's funny that I asked you for social media advice at one point. 
<laughs> You're wearing a lot of hats. I'm not going to give you too much shit, but that That's would okay. be a really good follow is East County Barbell. He's, he's doing some good stuff and, and is a fantastic human being. So um, we're really, nice. we're really, it's really cool to see that. So um, right next to where we're throwing is a bunch of people throwing things over their heads. So fun. Holy cow, yeah. we've actually been talking for 75 minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah, I was just about to say, I think we've <laughs> probably reached the end, the end of this right here. I mean, this, you know, awesome. Michael, it's been it's been a pleasure. Um, you know, I really appreciate it. We got to do this again. We got to get some more people on here. We can get up to like six people on this platform. So, uh, you know, we'll, we, Love it. your information and insight was very, very useful there. I, I know that a lot of our community and our parents over here in San Diego will appreciate a lot of the things that you you have mentioned on here, so thank you very Beautiful. much. Um, thank you. Real quick for me, can you um, just tell everybody where you're at? How to, if anybody has any questions and would like to reach yeah. out, just anything you want to plug real quick, and then we'll sign off. Yeah, I mean, well, in the day of COVID, uh, my my closed business is uh, MSPFitness.com, as you would as you would spell it, MSPFitness.com, and it is kind of cute. The MSP part in the MSP Fitness does happen to correspond to the airport code of Minnesota, but it also happens to be my initials, so it's kind of a fun little play on play. Um, I'm glad you but, said yeah. that. <laughs> and always funny when most people are like, they like to just learn it and they're like, that's so cool. Um, but yeah, mspfitness.com. Um, easiest thing would be to just check out my website. You can contact me through there. I do, you know, I think my specialty either in the Olympic weightlifting realm or more specifically sort of one-on-one -on -one individualized coaching, not personal training. Um, and in this day and age, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's, it's remote coaching and I've been doing that for a decade. So um, that can be on any level, depending on a person's ability. So if somebody's out there looking to get some good one-on-one -on -one coaching and, and they're struggling, either that they don't have access to a gym or whatnot, like be great to, I'm not going to be, sell, I'll be selfless for a minute. Reach, reach out to me. So, at msp.fitness for Instagram, isn't it? At msp.fitness. Uh, yep. I think MSP. there's a period. Yeah. Yes, I just looked it up. Period. MSP fitness studio on Instagram. Is that what it is? No. N nope. Uh, MSP what the heck? I should know. It's oh, okay. God. We'll get it. We'll get well, it. Well, I out. follow him. I follow him on my personal yeah. page and CK Soda Baseball page. So, and I posted him all over um, my social media today. So, if you are on Instagram, I, you know, check him out today. If not, you can always go to his website and just ask yeah. him. So, Michael, Michael at MSP Fitness gets you my email. Hey, man, it's so, so good to see you. I'm so glad we you got too. to do this. Oh, Thank you. Man, you're, you're, you're yeah, the best. Yeah, it was really nice you're... to meet you for sure. Love it, gentlemen. Really a pleasure. Thanks so much. Definitely. Well, All guys, right. don't and forget to go follow Michael. If you got any questions, hit up his remote training. And uh, don't forget to subscribe, like, hit the comments. If you crush the like button, it helps us huge in the YouTube algorithm. So thank you very much. And if you guys have any other questions, don't hesitate to ask. So see you guys Monday with Cass. Who we got Monday? Oh, I, I don't know. Somebody really special. And I should know. It's okay. Randy <laughs> oh, it, Sullivan. Oh yeah, I gotta check back with Randy. We gotta make sure we got Randy. Um, you know, I will say this. Hey, um, Michael, if you haven't gone down these rabbit holes, uh, I'm so Weck method up right now. Um, if you haven't looked up his stuff, oh my mm. goodness. Um, there, what is what it was? Was another one? So Weck method, the Z Health stuff. Um, yeah, that's it for now. I'll tell you more Love some it. things, but Love it. Yeah. Send me stuff. Yeah. All right, guys. This Th is thank awesome. you, gentlemen. Have a good All right, weekend, appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Good luck. All right. See ya.